episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be talking about season three, episode seven, which was the season three finale, unbeknownst to me, because that's a weird number <laughs> to end on. Um, but it was it was really fast paced. I thought I really enjoyed it, and I'm down with the whole time travel shit. So. You know, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> I also wanted to shout you guys out. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're now over 50 countries that we've been listened to in, which is just completely crazy to me. So that's awesome. Thank you guys. Yay, that's awesome news, Sammy. Is anybody drinking tea? <laughs> <laughs> Sammy just spilled the tea. I'm having my drink of choice, which is a Diet Coke. <laughs> it's what Trump and I have in common. Really, I was going to say, <laughs> do you also eat a taco salad? Technically, it's Coke Zero. Well done steak every day. Well done. And probably a cheeseburger or two. And- Ew, obviously not. Just the Diet Coke. <laughs> Just the water with carcinogens. <laughs> I have a Diet Coke every day, too. No judgment. It's addictive. I have more than one, but we'll we'll talk about that so but hey coke time. if you want to sponsor us we're here 66 so, percent so of this podcast consists of trump supporters <laughs> now now don't get crazy i don't like to discuss my political <laughs> evidently, evidently there's few things that we have that i have in common with trump so that should tell you enough i think <laughs> you're After much shorter one. for one <laughs> yes that's true and i have more hair much more hair <laughs> not better looking hair i'm kidding i wonder what people think we look like that's, that's, oh, a, God. that's a good point that's funny because it's weird when you like hear people's vo- like I started work and it was all remote so I didn't know people's faces because they don't have like pictures on their email and so I like made an image of them and then I saw them on video calls and I was like oh this person doesn't look like I think they did (laughs) was your imagination more or less generous it's just like I don't even know like where I got the faces that I had in my brain or like random like I don't know like you know those faces you see when you're dreaming and you have no clue whose face it is yeah yeah, I probably like one from those kinds of faces. Wow, dreaming wow. of your dreaming of your <laughs> colleagues. I see. <laughs> All right, with that metaphysical note, now Sophia <laughs> is going to take us through what happened in this episode. Hey, I'm having a glass of water. I oh, don't. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steamroll over this important <laughs> bit of news. Please go again. That's 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 it. I'm just having water, not diet coke. Thank you, everyone, for acknowledging. <laughs> Thanks for the for the great um, update, Izgi. I mean, it's probably better than your Diet Coke update. I'm well, sure. yeah, obviously, like for health <laughs> reasons, obviously. But but they actually phased out Diet Coke here. Now it's really hard to get. Now there's only Coke Zero, which I like better anyway. But random news. Anyway, so going back to the protector, we had a huge reveal last episode. Um, the reveal that Sammy, Izgi, and I were itching to happen. I was literally like losing my mind. 
So now we know that Nissan is vizier officially. So we get some pretty dramatic opening scenes of Istanbul and then Nissan with her like now kind of badass um, outfit walking through the streets with her completed key and she goes and meets with Faisal and like they basically are getting everything ready for the end of the world because basically with that stuff in hand now they can end the world which is their greatest desire I guess. So then we go to Hakan, who's like weirdly paralyzed. I don't even know how to describe it because it's just stellar acting <laughs> on behalf of our favorite protagonist. That's definitely the way to describe <laughs> it. Just stellar acting all the way. Stellar, which I feel is such like a dad word. Like I can't, I don't even know. It's a weird <laughs> word. But anyway, <laughs> he's like texting on his phone, even though he can like barely move. Because he's like this weird paralyzed from that weird medicine given to him by Nissan. So he like does all this drama, like falls to the ground while he's standing up and like tries to call Zainab. Zainab ignores his call because she's like crying in Burak's hospital bed. Because now Zainab has changed radically and become a poor woman who is suffering intensely because her man is close to death. So she's there. She's just like... Like, now she's all washed out and sad, and guess who walks in the door? Nissan, like, badass Nissan. So, like, her whole attitude is completely different, and Zainab's like, oh, you're kind of weird. But, like, she doesn't really say much. And so Zainab, I don't know why, decides to go get, like, a coffee at a machine, but Vizier had told her, like, coffee's for the week or something. And she remembers, well, Nissan. So she remembers that Ruya said that that was something that Vizier usually said. So she rushes back in the room. And of course, Nissan is trying to kill Budak, which at this point, I don't know what's the point of that. Cause like everyone knows that he's not the immortal cause he's dying. So, well, we can discuss that later. So she arrives. Nissan is in the process of killing Budak. So she stops it. Like she stops her and Hakan walks in. And, like, grabs her by the neck, which I guess since she has all those weird powers, she is bad at fighting, I suppose. Um, but they go into this very dramatic, like, storage or, like, room or whatever it is. And they have this, like, intense conversation where she's like, I'm going to kill you. Like, you already know. I threaten you. It's going to be super painful. Like, get ready because your life's going to suck and the world's going to end and and he's like, no, I'm going to defeat you. Like, don't you think that you're going to, like, overpower me or anything? So she, she's just, like, saying, like, oh, I managed to manipulate you. Like, I'm not like the other immortals. And I thought they were going to reveal a new power, but I don't think they did. And so then, of course, we go back to Burak. And Zainab is, like, crying because she feels so guilty about killing him or, like, getting him almost killed. And then, of course, uh, he dramatically wakes up and she cries forever so then we see Faisal Faisal's hair uh hairdo changed significantly which is something that I want to discuss in the panther section but he's his attitude he's got a new attitude too he's like walking in all badass into this hospital and like shooting people point blank and and they seemingly stay in one piece even though he has the most insane gun ever so he's just shooting shooting and arrives at this room where Vizier is with Hakan I don't know how he knew they were in that room, but he knew. So he like comes in and threatens Hakan and like obviously his shirt's not working. And I'm not quite sure if that's because he slept with Nissan or if there's another reason. I guess it's just because he slept with Nissan. 
but weirdly it just stopped working like once he slept with her whereas with Levant we never know if he slept with Ruya so we don't know when the, the elements stopped working so they realize this and Hakan like gets a nosebleed but for some reason they let him live and so then he's there with like he's back they're back in the hammam and they're like what are we gonna do like his shirt doesn't work and the world's gonna end and we don't have the dagger and we don't have the key and we're screwed basically <laughs> they're having this conversation and nobody knows what to do until they realize they need to kill Hakan which they just say kill which I think is very unclear with regards to what they're trying to do yeah they say kill and then they don't say resurrect ever <laughs> it's very confusing (laughs) they strapped him they strap him onto our favorite prop the hospital bed and then basically they all hold him down and decide to choke him to death which i guess it's a choice and of course zainab being the leader and everything she has to be the one to do the choking because of course they wouldn't have it any other way and they're all like super upset, whatever. So then we go to this random rune thing where Faisal and Vizier are conjuring like the end of the world. Um, and like, I don't know, this weird rune thing is like at the Yedikule, like at the Seven Towers. And so, of course, they badassly talk about ending the world. And then we go to the actual killing of Hakan. I like big killing I guess like the life goes out of him and his shirt shines and all this weird shit but of course he comes back to life and then we go to Faisal and his goons very convenient goons as we've mentioned before they're carrying something extremely heavy he's like leading them and they open it but we don't know what's inside and of course um, the prison dude is like the new like loves being an overseer so he's like beating up these guys so they continue carrying whatever they they're carrying which is extremely heavy so then Hakan's like alive again and now they've got the upper hand because the immortals don't know that he is no longer killable and so basically they're kind of like figuring out what to do so they decide that they're gonna go well Hakan's gonna go to this portal place and he gets the key back from from Nissan but I don't know if it's emotional manipulation or what he does, but he's basically like, oh, I know why you're like this. Like, you are clearly in love with the first protector. And he, like, did you wrong. So, like, that's why you're such a bitter woman and you want to end the world because nobody loves you. (laughs) Which, questionable. Extremely questionable. But he's doing this whole thing. And basically, he's, like, trying to... I don't know if it's a trick, but he's like trying to talk her out from it, like from ending the world, which obviously was never going to happen. And she's like, I'm smarter than you. Like, I'm not an idiot. So she puts the key into like this hole in the pillar. And so this giant like portal opens and everything goes dark and like very dramatic wind. And there are flashbacks to when the first protector killed Vizier. And she's like clearly in love with him. And he's like, I guess not because he still kills her with the dagger so I guess he was just pretending to be in love I don't know how it works because if he were in love then the dagger wouldn't have worked or I don't know question for the next part so basically Hakan and oh so so Nissan says like oh yeah and we have like a call out for the whole city and there's like this weird noise and they're like calling like like the um, 
the flute and like the flutist of Hamelin. They're like calling all the citizens of the city and everyone just goes into a frenzy because it turns out that the vaccine was turning them into Nissan's disciples somehow. All these people start like coming to Yedikule and Nissan and Hakan had had kind of like this little fair like stuck in the keyhole. So Hakan goes and gets the key instead of getting the dagger. And basically Nissan's like, that was a stupid choice because I can still end the world without that key. So he takes the key and like all of these crazy people start following him everywhere. Um, and just like even Zainab, like Zainab tries to like take the key away and the activist girl whose name I can't remember and some dude with a really strange walk and very really strange and determined walk. And so basically he has to jump in the Bosphorus. And he drops the key at the bottom of the Bosphorus, but then gets it back. And he's basically kind of drowning. So he goes into like a shirt trance. And he he like wakes up in the in the beach and he's like the protector Hakan with the scars and the mohawk, which somehow survived the ocean. The bald cap survived the ocean. And he gets out of the water and guess who's waiting for him on the shore. Of course, it's Nissan saying, oh, like, yeah, we're at the city that Constantine conquered or that Mehmet con conquered. And then he, like, looks back and they're at the, like, the Asian side of the shore. They can see, like, Kiskolesi, which, disclaimer, was not built in 1459 because I looked it up right after the show. It was built in the 1700s. So just as a fact, and that's the end of the episode. going to move on into our banter slash gossip slash filling spilling the non-existent tea section and boy do we have a lot to talk about i'm very excited should we start with the outfit and hair changes that happened to several of our characters then we could actually sign off i think that's really all we need to discuss it was very dramatic <laughs> that's all i want to discuss <laughs> i really like Nissan's hair, I really hate her new outfit. Same. It's not flattering. Like the, the love thing. No. I was gonna say, what's the it's fucking so point weird. of that? Like, yeah, does she ride a motorcycle? Like a badass, apparently. <laughs> I mean, like, they did Zainab as a badass fashion, like, so well. I don't know why Nazir's fashion is so bad. Skaters are badass. Who knows? Maybe because she only looks at Instagram to find fashion inspo. <laughs> I thought I thought <laughs> Sophia Sophia when I was rewatching this episode I thought you were you were gonna lose your shit at her earrings because they were like inverted crosses and you were gonna be like it's proof that they're the Byzantines. <laughs> oh no! I didn't notice that. Oh, I'm man. sorry. Actually, it's really but it's really it annoying proof. because one is like an upside down cross and the one's like a right side up cross. So I was like, why are they not the uh... same? And still, Sophia must be losing it. Yeah. It's cooler that <laughs> Props way. people. Props, props people. Props some old crucifixes lying around. And we're like, put this in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> what really drove me insane was like how slow she was talking for those first few lines that she says. She's like, I'm going to destroy Istanbul. <laughs> and it's like, 
I actually, I was thinking about it and like, I don't mind like the whole badass, like edgy clothing, whatever, but I think it would have been more interesting if she'd still gone around in like her little like mm -hmm. church lady clothes and been like this evil mastermind genius. I think that would have yeah. been more interesting than the thigh high boots turn. Yeah, that was just too much. Like we, we understand it. Like she was acting as Nissan, like that's not her. We didn't need such an obvious explanation about it. Yeah, agreed. And also it made her whole plan like combust because it was so obvious to Zainab that yeah. there was something wrong. Not obvious enough, but it was at least No, but the way she talked <laughs> also changed. Like everything changed. Like her tone of voice, she was like much more assertive. So like evidently she's not the same person. So like that plan was a terrible plan because somehow she could be a great actress for like however many episodes, but then her reveal has to be super like in your face, I guess. Right, right. And then Faisal has finally taken a shower. That's exciting. It, is he showered or is he just like so greasy that his hair does that now? <laughs> I, think, I think it's both. I think he did shower and he wears gel. The funny thing is though, like he's really bald. Like his yeah. hair like starts in the middle of like his head. Oh like I think you should shave now. Yeah, him. I feel like he's supposed to look like more badass, like more hardcore now, like with the hair slicked back and like the angry face and the glasses and the beard, and he just looks so much worse. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was feeling it. I was what? feeling like action what movie villain vibes. I mean, you are the action movie expert, yes. so I'll take your word <laughs> for it. Did you guys like uh, overdosed, strung out Hakan? He was like uh, when he that was so when dumb. he fell on his chest off the slab thing. So, I don't know. I thought that was so funny. I like laughed out loud at that <laughs> fall. Like how ridiculous! Also, ouch! <laughs> oh my gosh, cat, cat sighting. <laughs> uh. Sophia's so being attacked. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this oh phone god. is taking control. Oh no. It's on her face. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question, which is what 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 did they do with the Zainab character? Like they completely oh destroyed the Zainab character. I couldn't character. agree with you more. Like, what the fuck? Like now she just stands next to men and cries. That's her job. But buckle up for just further extreme changes <laughs> that character next stop because <laughs> like also it's it's really bizarre because so we know like vizier is i mean very like a good fighter and like outsmarts everyone but zainab still decides to stay in the hospital by budak while hakan is like in a room with with two immortals like yep and they don't even, like, tie her to anything. She just, like, handcuffed. Well, I guess there was a chain, but, like, it wasn't clear. And then mm -hmm. he's just, like, talking about how much he loved her and shit. Like, wow. Also, crazy. did this episode prove that that prophecy was kind of super dumb? Because, like, she did bring death to her beloved, but, like, it was not real death. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty lame way to fulfill the prophecy. And also, like, every time he was like, you have to kill me. It was so not clear that he was saying, like, 
kill me and then bring me back. Yeah, that was absolutely not discussed verbally. No. I don't know how they reached that understanding. And also, seriously, strangling him is the best thing you could think of. That was, like, so stupid. She had her hand, like, not even over his nose. It was just, like, over his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) He just knew he couldn't breathe out of his nose because he had to stick to the plan because that's what people do when they're dying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They couldn't have just shocked him. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen Mission Impossible 3, I think it is. Yeah, But there's like that thing that's been implanted in Tom Cruise's brain and he has his yes. wife shock him to kill it and then shock him back to life. They could have just done that. Right. The props people haven't seen it. I checked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think also like they had a possibility to do like a very Harry, Harry Potter moment. Like remember in the seventh book where like, th- like it's revealed that he basically has to die because he's a horcrux. Mm-hmm. Mm. But then obviously he doesn't die um, because he's the main character of like seven books, which is exactly what happens in this episode. But like the drama is like so well, so badly carried out that like you're not shocked that he comes back to. I don't know. It's like not like him. The whole him dying and coming back to life was like the least dramatic thing that happened in the whole episode. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Also, when, as Sophia mentioned, Zainab is now a terrible fighter. And Nissan as well. And when she swings that painting in like slow motion towards Nissan and then it like shatters on her, that was so Or stupid. like that vase thing that's just yeah. like completely indifferent, Ooh. just height direction. Yeah. It was like slow mo fighting, like, come on, props people. Stunt people are now getting thrown under the bus too by the props people. Because <laughs> they're all the same people. <laughs> by this time in the show's history, the props people have fully executed their coup d'etat there are no other people working on the show <laughs> other than the actors of the props people and it shows <laughs> well there's true. there's another shining moment i don't know if this is props people or like location people and i'm sure eski's gonna be extremely excited to talk about this is how the bosphorus is like a pool and like oh my god i can't wait for this discussion yes, yes. That was, the, that was easily the scariest scene in the episode. Well, it should have been the scariest because they're in the fucking Bosphorus, but... <laughs> it literally looked like he was in was like beautiful. swimming in Fiji or something and it was like yeah. 10 feet deep. Like a little bit of kelp. <laughs> Not like a lot of shit and garbage. The beautiful sand. <laughs> yeah. Or the sheep yeah, from that deep. the Pamuk novel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. From the barge that... Yeah, not even it wasn't. I think that was a real like thing that happened. No, like yeah, I think yeah, so. that was real. So. Yeah, that was so crazy. And then he not only was it crazy that it was ten feet deep because like I don't know the exact numbers, but guys, the Bosphorus is like at least five hundred feet deep. It's wild. I mean, to be fair, it was the Golden Horn. It wasn't the Bosphorus. It was Hadich because it? he was right by the Hadich like new metro bridge. That's where he jumped oh, in the water. Okay, I recognize the bridge in the background, but. Yeah, I still think the Golden Horn being an estuary is deeper. It's got to be. Yeah, pool water. And then also he managed to drown himself in like 10 feet of water, which I know like people drown, but I don't think you can actually intentionally like force yourself to stay under when you're going to drown. No, you definitely, you definitely have to, like, people have to be holding you all the way down because I think like when you're on the brink of death by drowning or any kind of suffocation you're like thrashing like crazy right but he was <laughs> just so determined that, yeah. to get that key which by the way if he had just 
sure. Okay. Maybe it was the golden horde. Okay. Run 20 steps, throw it yeah. into the middle of the fucking Bosporus. Then you don't have yeah. to jump in and it's lost yeah. forever for all eternity. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know why he needed to, I mean, I guess maybe he wanted to time travel because he knew he would be in the in-between that he wouldn't die. Oh, you think um, he did that on purpose? Wow, you're giving I mean, him I, a lot of credit. I, I think, agree. I, mean, I don't think. But the thing, but the, but the thing is, like, he—it's a dumb thing to do because even if he wanted to do it intentionally, it's a dumb thing to do because he might not ever leave the in between. Like, he will—he won't ever die, but, but he may not be able to come back. Right, the, unless someone fishes him out. Yeah, I guess yeah, exactly. But wait, so even then, it might be too long. It might be too long because then the oracle say if you spend too much time there, it could be. Or I don't know. Someone at some point said that do like playing around too much or like staying too long is dangerous. Ah. Well, it it like um takes like makes him weak when he's mm-hmm. like it, it. The shirt is not as effective or something. Oh, okay. Maybe that was it. How important do you think it was to Hakan that he be able to? die on his hospital bed his favorite piece of <laughs> i mean i don't guys tbh i don't know if that cistern makes another appearance the like uh first cistern oh but i think that the hospital bed is original to the cistern i think they just moved oh, okay. it from one place okay. to another yeah that is the, that is the original prop i mean it's the most important one it is <laughs> it's been with hakan through thick and thin <laughs> also question what do you guys make of that whole love story and like nissan was turned evil by love or whatever Stupid. i just Stupid found it demeaning. so fucking annoying that her actions had to be motivated by a man yes like, that made me really mad retweet why can't she just be the head of evil. the immortals who was sent here yeah. to destroy istanbul isn't that enough motivation yes agreed 100%. But I wonder, now it's making me think, like, if she was a mortal beforehand and she was, like, the lover of the protector as not the protector and the, and the vizier, just, like, as normal mortal people, and then something happened that made it so they were, like, arch enemies and, like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that would make the story more interesting rather than just, like, them falling in love in their roles because it's, like, already a trope in a show contained in, in itself. That, like, the Protector and the Immortals, like, fall in love with each other. And that she then had to give up her, let's say, career and motivations yeah. in order to be the lover of the Protector. Yes. It's, it's garbage. It I, For me, this was when I was watching this show the first time. I was like, I wish I had someone to talk to. Like, when we started this podcast, this is what I was excited for was the end of these episodes because there's just so many annoying things. Like, I mean, every there's been several annoying things throughout, but, like, especially all the all the dramatic reveals, um, all the backstory that we get in the last season. It's just, uh, some of it's so annoying. Like, and this was, like, one of the first ones uh, that really pissed me off. So, of course, I knew you guys would agree. Yeah, I mean, it just <laughs> feels like, like, maybe before the props people made the coup there were like female writers on the staff because Zainab at first was like a really strong character um and then it's just really devolved from there well I think the the author of the novel that this is based on is a woman I think she's like a consulting producer or something throughout the series so yeah I don't know 
not about to blame a woman, but like they needed more, I think, than just her if she was the yeah. only one. Yeah, she didn't have Definitely. executive authority or something. Although, the only thing I will say in defense of the show is that at least Faisal is also as equally motivated by love in everything that he does. That's true. And I much prefer angry Faisal to lovesick Faisal, but I think... Oh my god, yeah. I think lovesick Faisal was even better than lovesick Nissan. I don't think I can deal with it if this is going to be the next season of her just like fawning all over mustache guy. Buckle up! Oh, like I said. Did you see that mustache when they kissed in the flashback? It was right about to fall her? off. Oh my god, she was about to choke on it. It was so <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> I've never seen a more disgusting makeout scene in my whole life. <laughs> Can we put that in the Twitter bio? We'll tune in to. Tune into our podcast to find out what the most disgusting makeout scene in film and television history is. (laughs) (laughs) Be patient. (laughs) He also keeps calling her Nissan, which I felt like was really inappropriate. Like, yeah, she's Nissan was fake. Give it up. Like, she had a great Instagram, maybe, but she doesn't Um, exist. At Nissan, please acknowledge our love that was entirely manipulated by you. And also, I like, I didn't really understand what he was saying at first about her being in love with the old protector. So I thought his whole plea was like, wow, wasn't I really great in bed that one night we spent together? You should stay with me. I was the protector in more ways than one, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Ew. No, but I, I thought that was, I, I was laughing at that scene too. The the falling off of the marble slab in the hammam and then uh, that scene both made me laugh out loud when he kept just like trying to come up with ways to get her to not put the key in the hole. Like, just, Why didn't like, he, he just like, tackle her? Yeah, he kept being like, but, but Nissan, blah, 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 but, but Nissan, blah, blah, blah. And she would just roll her eyes and be like, <laughs> <laughs> She she even lets him like she even lets him grab her face like this in one one of the scenes. Like I don't know what her deal is. Like either she wants to wait and kill him like in a horrible way, because she wants to make him make him suffer and have like all his loved ones die first, I guess. But that's just like so weird. It's not very well, I guess it is classic supervillain to like leave the hero alive to unveil your pro- plot, but um, it's not very mastermind. It's pretty stupid of her. And then my other question that I still don't understand is how did that first protector manage to like woo her and then kill her? Cool, because in that scene they show he's like not kissing her back, which is also part of the grossness in my book as well. <laughs> Maybe that made the mustache like, more gross. And she's just, and she, I don't know, it's 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 bizarre. She's like eating his mustache. <laughs> I think is a more accurate description but I I'm just very confused like why did the dagger work at that moment like I guess the not that him not kissing her back is like a way of showing like oh he doesn't care about her or like he's not in love but it still doesn't make sense especially if they were like having like a sex weekend at some hut on the beach (laughs) I just have to say that the hut on the beach that is not a setting in the next season like I don't know what that I don't know what that hut is I don't know why they were there 
they don't know why they were there props people just wanted a hut (laughs) also just like in terms of like the istanbul actual geography like is there a beach like that that you can no but this was in the this was in the whatever 1459 this was like uh, this would be uskudar because they're so close to the tower so it could have been but like it's it's the freaking bosphorus it doesn't have waves yeah it does it's like the sea's right there you're right by where it opens up what are you talking about sophia (laughs) (laughs) not like not like the waves they showed when he's getting out of the water come on the marmor is like right there like we're right where it like opens up Sophie's gonna check a map. <laughs> you see, I'm right. It's fine. No, no, no. Like, I'm like just I, I'm just that... skeptical. Also, how they didn't Google that when the Maiden Tower was built. He also was wearing pants for his swim. Yeah, yeah, it was jeans, right? That's what I thought too. Well, it can't be jeans. He's like ancient protector, bro. I don't think they. Had oh, jeans so no, no. I meant it looked like. No, no, I meant that it looked like his pants from when he jumped in the water were they it looked like very well i don't know it looked very modern like it was just like not like i don't don't know if that's what people wore back then i have no idea but it just looked like very normal jeans but he was obviously shirtless in my head it was cargo shorts (laughs) how did they get the fuck i was just gonna say that to me they look like cargo shorts but i guess i I don't think i was paying enough attention (laughs) that's just what i expected him to be wearing i guess you were mesmerized by the dripping mustache. You didn't look at his oh pants. Oh my god! I was just worried that the 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 bald cap was gonna fall off. <laughs> so was he. That's why he was touching it. <laughs> and the scars were gonna wash off as well. Oh god! <laughs> but his abs look good, so that's a plus. I don't know. He has like a weird chest. I feel like he's not ripped. He's just like skinny. I mean, maybe they painted on the abs, but still. Extra budget. <laughs> That's where the props budget went. And uh, just so our listeners know, so it says we're in 1459 and 1453 is when Mehmet the Conqueror conquered Istanbul. So we're real early days here. Which is weird because it seemed like when they first showed this protector with this outfit and they were showing like the vizier, the real vizier, not the immortal vizier and everything, it seemed like a much later time period to me. Well, I think it was- Were they really that like ornately decked out with their hats and everything when they were still like conquering shit? Yeah, I think think that, well, the empire was like still like already semi-established by then, but also- what wasn't accurate, I guess, is like they show those scenes as if they were like in Topkapı, and Topkapı was built like after. There was like an initial palace that they lived in that wasn't Topkapı. I can't remember which one. Also, this might not be chronological. Like the beach hut may precede all the other stuff. Right. We don't right. know That's like true. where exactly it is on the timeline. Probably because Vizier hasn't turned bad at this point. Like. If the protector was set to defend the sultan and I guess the vizier by like association, like then vizier, like vizier wouldn't have killed them. I feel like that's why I still believe in my head that they had like some sort of idyllic life, and then vizier like turned bad. Although in theory, in what they've to- they've said in the show, 
vizier was bad and then turned good because she fell in love with the protector. Right, 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 right. And then we need to talk about the horn and the people. I'm very confused. Oh, and the portal. So they don't care about the portal? They don't They don't care about that? I don't get, I, I didn't get the portal thing. I was just saying that, like, it has to be by sunset, and I guess it's not sunset yet, so they have to do other <laughs> shit before the world. But she said something about, like, the the attack has to happen before the portal can be effective, or, like, the key by itself isn't enough, and I was like, why is it not enough? There was something very <laughs> confusing about, yeah, the way they phrased that. Yeah. Um, but I did like the whole, like, haha, you thought you got the vaccine, but actually I brainwashed everyone. That was cool. That was smart. I like yeah. that. This is the long-awaited minion army that we've been wanting I mean, the immortals Jesus. to have I know. For, for seasons, literally seasons now. <laughs> and will Zeynep be strong enough to, like, break the Imperius curse, or is she just going to be a zombie? I mean, like I said, many characters, you know, personality changes to come, so... This is number one. Oh God, <laughs> this is scary. And then, what what was that weird like steampunk horn thing that was amplifying Faisal's voice? It's, was that what it was doing? A great uh, word for that. Uh, it was. I mean, the the sound is like what hypnotizes. Like okay, the sound plus the vaccine in their bloodstream, like call like activates oh. them. So it's like that dull, like, okay, if, for example, you would have noticed that the activist girl was in the group of people running to, at Hakan. I didn't uh, notice that, her. but sure. Yeah, I did notice that because she was wearing red on red. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So uh, so she got the vaccine, but they didn't show, and then Zaynep obviously got the vaccine because she almost died also, um, but the others they didn't show, the other loyal ones, so maybe they didn't get the vaccine. Oh, interesting. Because the horn would have just been like an ugly sound to them, if even it's, I don't even, I mean, I, I assume it is perceptible, because I think Hakan was like, what? But it wouldn't, like, affect them the same way. Also, it was interesting, like, Faisal just screaming like a deranged person at the air. Yeah. He has bad teeth. <laughs> Got a good shot of his teeth. I really didn't notice that. I was too busy trying to determine, like Sophia said, if the, or did you say it, if the grease was uh, added on afterwards or just naturally produced? It Mm. was unclear. (laughs) Valid investigation will accept the excuse for not (laughs) noticing the teeth. History section today, we are going to talk about Yerikule or the Seven Towers, which was like a famous fortress slash prison slash torture session slash site of Sultan's death. So that'll be exciting. Sophia, take it away. So I just wanted to start the history section by saying that um, it's exciting because our history section from this episode and the previous episode are connected because. Remember last time we talked about the Janissary Rebe- Rebellion of 1622, I think, and like what the Janissaries were and everything, which again, like they're a figure of Turkish history and Ottoman history that 
is like very well known in the West, I guess, or like it's some like if you know anything about the Ottoman Empire, it's usually about them. But during that rebellion, they killed the Sultan, and actually, the place where they took the Sultan to kill him was the Seven Towers, which is also the site where the portal is. And um, if like I think there was a shop and see all seven towers, and today it's it's kind of like ruins. And they, they even talk about underground. What does it say? Like, there's some seven vultures underground or something? It's like a weird, um, like, apocryphal history. Yeah, that's what it said. That was so... I don't understand. That was quite bizarre. But, so, as SME mentioned, it was a dungeon. It was a place where people got tortured and killed. And, like, whenever there was, like, a struggle between, like anybody in the in like the ottoman sultan and somebody or like it happened a lot also in ottoman times that like siblings would get into like would kill each other to become sultan so that was like an initial holding place for for these people and it was built in 1458 um by mehmet ii and basically what they did was grab like build on the on the ancient walls of constantinople constantinople was like a completely walled city and today in Istanbul you can see some parts of those walls although most of them are gone but like in some sections you can still see the walls um so the Ottomans like took advantage of some of those walls and like built other things on it on them and originally um there were two twin towers that uh were the golden gate that was built by a Ro- like the Roman empire emperor Theodosius the first and Theodosius the second but what was most known was that it was a place like a dungeon for like famous prisoners and important prisoners so it, it held like a few like notable prisoners according to wikipedia for example they had david of trebizond which was the last emperor of trebizond trebizond is like well now it's called trabzon it's like a city on the black sea in northern turkey so if you like if you look at turkey and how it used to be it was a bunch of different empires like not all well the the ottomans conquered most of the territory and beyond but like originally there were like it was not only byzantines there were a bunch of different greek kingdoms all around like there were the like the pontus greeks in the north and and of course like trebizond and like different greek settlements throughout the areas that hadn't been conquered by by the empire or that had like broken away from the empire so this prince was there as well as like venetian merchant called andrea griti who was later the doge of venice um so some pretty notable people a king of georgia like in the 1600s some crimean khans a polish duke that they captured when they were like in the in the campaign in poland like even a, a Hungarian diplomat, Hungarian aristocrat. So as like the Ottomans went and conquered all these different places around the empire that were like European or Greek or whatever, they usually captured the people and, and took them into into these places. Then had a prince of Wallachia, Russian, a Russian statesman. They had a French diplomat and, Alba- and the, the latest like, Notable prisoner was an Albanian politician who was held there from 1904 to 1908. So until relatively recently, it was still kind of like a, a prison. 
and like probably the most fortified because like what why else would they take such notable people there i don't know if you guys want to add anything sammy or Ezgi. i got nothing but i wish we had gone when we were there it seems cool yeah i've never been um myself either yeah it's weird yeah it's probably Maybe very it's got a lot of ghosts for sure oh and i think also it was the the uh sultan's residence for a while like at the at the start because it was the official treasury fort of the empire in 1457 so like right after the city was conquered like they started building it yeah apparently like there was a military outpost there of course to like make sure they don't steal the money from the treasury or the gold or whatever they kept in the treasury <laughs> um and then once they transferred the treasury to Topkapı that's when it became a prison. Thank you, Sophia. Cool. So maybe there's treasure buried there too. Maybe the seven vultures are actually made out of gold. Ooh. on into our favorite section which is going to be very crowded this week if i have anything to say about <laughs> it so here is our what the fucks sammy please kick us off I, I think i think you have the most to say here i'm gonna try to keep it to stuff we haven't already discussed but i think that some other stuff is gonna creep in so first i want to say zainab you're in a pretty like emergency focused field of work. Let's keep your ringer on instead of turning your phone on to vibrate. That's my first, what the fuck? What the fuck? Burak wakes up and the first thing he says is water. And all Zaynab could do is just like cry hysterically and not hand him any water. <laughs> that was pretty poor nursing from her. Also, this is going to be a good one. What the fuck to the props people for Faisal's crazy sawed-off shotgun thing? Because even though he shot it like four times, the number of shells that were sitting on top of the gun didn't actually decrease. Yes. Yes. I was like, how's this gun working? Why it's are they not, not working? They just glued some in. shit onto the top of it. And it like looked like it looked like a tray. It didn't look like a sawed-off shotgun. It looked it looked like a, a futuristic. But also he's shooting at like <laughs> blank range and the people aren't becoming bloody donuts like our old friend. Yes. True. Yeah, I was gonna say, remember the OG bloody non-bloody donut? <laughs> <laughs> non-bloody enough. <laughs> and then uh the last one is what the fuck Hakan when he's slow-mo running for the people near the edge of the water. It's just like the most ridiculous, like little girl run you've ever seen in your whole life. His arms are like up in the air. It's crazy. Also, what the fuck strangling. I know we said it, but I have to say it again. Sorry. Yep. What are you guys' they chose this extra with a really weird walk who's always in the in the gang and i just couldn't i'm very what the fuck with that like <laughs> did they think he was super convincing Which one? Or like what the fuck was that that his deal like i couldn't even focus on anything else other than this weird dude was it like a zombie walk no like a super determined overactive walk like, <laughs> like he's going somewhere clearly and then, of course, my other what the fuck is what the fuck loyal ones. Like, nobody went with him to confront this woman. Like, they weren't waiting in the rafters or whatever to see what happened. 
And then, like, now he's all alone running with a key. Yeah. They should have had people stationed outside Brock's hospital room. Like... Yeah, they're all crying and then they're not there anymore. Like, the previous episode, they were all crying there. And they didn't have a group text. Like, before Hakon could physically, like, lumber from the hammam to the hospital room, he didn't have time to send a group text. Hey, guys, Nissan is vizier. Look out. Nothing. Yeah, and it's not like they have a hacker amongst them. Right. He could have hacked her Instagram. (laughs) true what the fuck of this episode yeah and also what the fuck Hakan couldn't have gotten into a car or a motorcycle when he's running away from people (laughs) no he's got a slow-mo run with his hands flying in the air and then I of course have to repeat our what the fucks about Zeynep's character arc and Nissan's character arc which made me very angry yeah that's a good one that's a good serious what the fuck what are yours Ezgi I think thinking what well, we haven't already discussed as a group or been called out by you guys. We already said the water. That was my biggest shock was the clarity of the water and the lack beautiful. of I wanted lack to go of, like, mutated sea creatures and stuff like that. <laughs> Three-headed fish swimming. Yeah. Exactly. It just made me really curious to see what's actually at the bottom of the Bosphorus. Like, I wish they had a camera or something because I really want to so see. I'm not curious. Oh, we don't even know that. So many treasures. sure i think i mean i was kind of this is i mean less what the fuck and like how the fuck it like how does that steampunk horn exactly work like is everyone who's vaccinated in istanbul now activated just because they played it or is it just like the yedikude like neighborhood in fatih like did all those people run from all corners of the city or just like the nearby people they ran really fast oh and also i was wondering like were there some like old people among them like like old ladies running comically fast (laughs) yeah azra's corpse reanimated and she was leading the charge i forgot she existed and then i forgot that she died (laughs) (laughs) rough rough. tough look for azra yes (laughs) No, but you guys covered it. I mean, just the water and the horn mechanics really puzzled me. And then I just want to do like a theories for next season thing, which I guess, Ezgi, you're disincluded unless you can remember what you your original theories were before you saw it. But I guess I think that the next season is going to be majority in the past, which is cool. I'm down for some period stuff. And then I kind of feel like we're going to meet Zeynep Ancestor. And hopefully she's a boss bitch. That would be cool. What do you think, Sophia? I think that's cool. I, I stand by my prediction that Hakan, well, protector dude, whose name we don't know, and Nissan. Mustache guy. <laughs> and Nissan had some sort of previous history before the whole protector duty was uh, given to him and the immortals. Because I don't think the immortals could have come from somewhere else. I have the theory which I guess I haven't verbalized, which is that the immortals were mortal, but event at some point they became immortal because of something. I, I don't know why, but I think because like when they show them in the flashbacks, like they were more like innocent, I guess, or something like they were more human, I guess. So that makes me think that 
Well, and that whole like stupid Ruya falling down a hill. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, she said she faked that. <laughs> she did. Yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you that it's going to be in the past. But it just leaves me thinking if the loyal ones from these episodes were just like decoration. Yes. Or if we're going to get old versions of them. Like what happens to Hawkon in the present? He just like stays dead underwater. He doesn't float like a normal human being. I mean, maybe it's going to be like a lost type situation where he like fixes everything in the past and then he wakes up in the future and he's like with Layla and they've got cute little kids running around and he's like domesticated her and she doesn't work and he's got his antique store. But also, is he what happened to the shirt as he goes in the past? Like, is he still wearing it or is it in the hut with? Oh, I didn't um, notice when he came out of the water. Did he have the shirt on? I don't think so. Oh, damn. That's dumb. That's rule one. Well, he definitely had it on, but I don't know if in the past he had it on. Because my theory is that this is previous to the protector and the immortals existing. Oh, you don't think he's gotten his, like, mandate yet? Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So he doesn't know what she is. Yeah, they're just, like, lovers having a sex weekend. That would be super interesting. On on the beach. I didn't think about that. (laughs) An innocent sex weekend. (laughs) If there's such thing as an innocent sex weekend, (laughs) that sounds like a (laughs) Noxie I think think he's thinking back to before me knowing all the spoilers i think my theory was that he was stuck like i said like no one fished him out of the water and that he, he was just gonna it was just gonna be like in the past until i don't know some like moment of crossing back that would be dramatic later in the season but i thought that be, and also based on the trailers for the for the next season that it came out shortly after the third season aired i thought that that all looked like it was historical too so my my, my assumption going in was that we were going to be in 1459 for most of the season and also maybe uh maybe next episode we'll do our history section on like time travel theories because it's very complicated there's like two main branches i think one is alternate universes is one is like circular time so We'll see which one we're in. Interesting. Yeah, because what happens to to old protector Hakan while Hakan is in his body? Whoa. Makes my brain hurt. I don't like that. That's deep. Is his is he still <laughs> there driving. in the back of his mind being like, Hey, who this fucker who's controlling my body? <laughs> Plus like old protector Hakan seems to be much smarter and like savvier yeah. and more serious wait so maybe sophia maybe he old protector hakan goes into the modern era and then he can fix all this shit wishful thinking (laughs) all right did we do it i think so all right awesome thank you guys so much for listening next episode we're going to be talking about season four episode one seeing what hijinks happen back in the 15th century which i'm sure hakan couldn't possibly screw up more than he screwed up the 2010s but we'll see we dedicate this episode to all of the people of istanbul who have been turned into mindless zombies we hope that you regain your consciousness and identity soon 
and we'll look to see you guys next time. Thanks so much for listening.